0: Amy, welcome to the Fuck Therapy Podcast. I am super, super keen, super excited to interview you. I've seen your TikToks. That's what grabbed my attention straight away. I think we all see each other's TikToks. So welcome to the Fuck Therapy Podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the invite and similar experience. I've seen you and just such great content and information out there. And it's been nice to connect and it's great to be here chatting with you now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what grabbed me was the content that you put on TikTok and that it resonates with my message. It's basically, you know, you see through your content, you've traveled a journey. You know, you've got stories, you've got experiences, you've suffered traumas is how it looks like it. And it seems now you've got a purpose to empower and help other women. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've had this advocacy is certainly one of my core personal values. And because I have been through my set of things and have taken the time to stop and reflect and learn and grow, you know, I feel like I'm perfectly positioned to be able to connect in a really authentic way with people that says, hey, let me just tell you about my stuff and let me just put it out there and be candid about it and let people feel seen and heard. First and foremost, that's you know, one of the key priorities within, you know, my TikTok account is, you know, I want to put things out there where somebody can see themselves in some aspect of my story and say, ah. Oh, okay, if she can face that or if she can recognize that and she can power through it and she can overcome it, I can too. And I think empowering people by letting them feel seen through your own experience is such an important thing. And so the platform in TikTok is so perfect um, to be able to do that without the the manufactured feeling that I think a lot of times these sorts of things can have. And so it's been a really neat experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely resonate with the authenticity that you can put out on TikTok and yeah. the people that I typically reach out to they share that authenticity yeah. and that's what attracts me that's what I feel the messages I truly feel the messages when you put them out there I'm working with incredible women all around the world and and when you put content out that resonates with that I have to reach out and I have to say, you know, come on the podcast, share your story, you know, help more people, help more women. So as introduction, so people get a bit more of an understanding of you, share with us what what you're comfortable with, share some of your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's kind of two sides of me. So there's the professional Amy, and then there's the personal Amy, you know, professionally, I've, interestingly enough, I grew up lower middle class here in the United States. And, um, you know, my parents didn't have a lot, neither of them graduated high school. Uh, and so they were happy to get their three children through high school. That was like their goal. They knew they had, you know, leveled up if if they had three high school graduates. Um, and, but I really always had this lean to, to go further, to get more education, but our, our system here kind of let me fall through the cracks because I was sort of Classified as this person who likely wasn't, whose parents weren't likely to get engaged and to do the whole college thing. And so I walked into a college after I got married at 19, then walked into a college, interestingly enough.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: um, (laughs) Yeah. 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 And said, Hey, I don't know anything about going to college, but can you tell me what I need to do? And uh, that was it. That kind of started my, uh, you know, I got a degree in business and then went on to, you know, climb the corporate ladder. So That's one side. I'm now a chief strategy officer to financial services company. Um, then on the personal side, I mentioned it, uh, a little bit about my family background. Yeah. Uh, but I got married at 19. My husband at the time was in the Navy. So he was out to sea a lot. Um, uh, so I was, I was on my own a lot, which is great. I got a lot of you know, created a very independent life for myself. I think that's where a lot of my confidence and bravery came from, you know, yeah. just being out there, um, on my own most of the time, but, uh, yeah. So then I went through, uh, infertility ended up, I, well, I had cancer when I was 28 and that was, a, uh, I didn't even know at the time that that was, its own experience that I needed to process and and deal with. I I survived that, but that, you know, ultimately um, led to me becoming a mother through adoption. And that was a beautiful gift. That whole, you know, you, you mentioned Jamie sort of the blessings of trauma and what they bring to you. You know, my husband at the time said, you know, who, when we meet our child, we will hope it this was the only way it would have worked. This is the only way we'd want it to work because we know they won't be meant, you know, to be with us. And that's exactly how, how it was. But then a few years after we adopted my daughter, my mom passed very suddenly. We were actually traveling uh, to help my grandparents and from North Carolina to Texas. And my mom had a massive heart attack after a day of helping my grandparents move. And I did, cpr on her for eight minutes or so and sh- she was already gone and that really was a major turning light a turning point you know in yeah. my life and we can get into some of that uh, but then at 40 uh i well at 40 i lost my dad and then shortly thereafter i got divorced from the person that i'd essentially grown up with from 19 to 40. so around about 40s when life's i call it you know brene brown coined the term but Started unbecoming. You know, I started realizing I needed to look at all the decisions of my life and say, did I make that decision because that's what I wanted? Or did I make that decision because that's what society said, or that's what my family said, or that's what my friends said, or that's just what I thought was the right thing to do? I really started evaluating those decisions and
0: having the courage to undo them. Awesome question. I love it. powerful question and more people I believe need to ask that question
1: yeah
0: I think I I think so often we say things and people don't understand the relevance or the importance of that little phrase that you just sped out that little question that you asked yourself just part of a podcast Oh, blah 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 right it's like no write that question down note it down and then reflect on it in your life, if you're listening to this, this is so huge. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Sorry. I had to jump in because I'm like, sometimes we just skip over the most powerful things and it's huge. Um, You know, self-reflecting and asking, it's not asking questions. It's asking the right questions.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, I think at the time after my mother passed as trauma can do, you know i've i found myself just trying to distract myself not consciously but just doing anything and everything i could just to keep myself busy to not stop long enough to to feel physically how i was feeling if that makes sense you know i, I could understand. intellectualize it i could say i lost my parent i could talk about it but to really slow down and stop long enough to be like that happened. What does that feel like in my body? You know, when I think of my mom, how does it feel? Not yeah. what do I think? And and that's been a big part of my journey is just reconnecting physically with myself. You know, I think back to your point of never asking the question how you got here. For me, I I looked at my life and I was like, man, I'm driven. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of things that people would say, man, she's doing great. But I was just plowing through life. Yeah. checking the boxes checking the boxes had the goals had the mission knew the house I wanted it had was manifesting things and the secret read the secret when i was 21 and i was like this is it i know exactly how my life's going to play out and in many ways the concept of those things it it did it did play out but i set those plans and didn't readjust them before i was really fully mature in who I was and what I was capable of. And so anyway, I just got on the get married, have kids, have a, I wanted a career, you know, I'd seen my mother um, when I was 21, my parents got divorced and my mom, I started taking care of my mom at that point, you know, and, and having to sort of parent her in some ways and financially became responsible for her, which I would do all over again. But there are impacts to those, Types of things. And, and that's part of why, to get to my point, part of why being a, on being independent, and being able to make my own money and being able to know if anything did ever happen in my marriage that I could stand on my own two feet, you know, that did end up playing out and I was able to stand on my own two feet. But I do think I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. But you get sort of on the conveyor belt of life. and And before you know it, every day looks the same. Every day feels the same. You're, you know, even though you might be driven toward a long term goal, you know, it just, I felt like God, there has to be more to life than this. And I think part of why that mundane was even more noticeable to me was because much of it was just to numb out. You know, it was like life was throwing so much at me. There was sort of safety in the repetition of the, get up and go to work, come home and cook dinner, sit down and watch a show together, then go to bed and get up and start, you know, start it all over again. And I think for a long time, there was security in that. Then I realized as I started healing or started going through this whole process after distracting myself and saying, okay, I can't run. I can't run from all of this anymore. Um, I didn't even know I was running until I hit rock bottom after a relationship, after, after my marriage that I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. I haven't dealt with anything in my life. I haven't dealt with anything in my life. Everybody's like, you're so strong. <laughs> it's not hard to be strong when you just act oh. like shit is happening, you know, like just keep on going, just get up tomorrow. And so it's one thing to have the right mindset to power through things and to be strong and to be independent. We hold these things up on a pedestal, yeah. but it's strong to also stop
0: Yes, and
1: recognize that it's okay to be hurt yeah it's okay to have made a bad decision about something and feel that like feel what that feels like within yourself yeah. and to process that and to deal with that without just letting these things sort of stack up within us and then one day we're like yeah you know if we lose it i think it's uh it's interesting life is yeah. such a wild ride
0: it absolutely is um i've been asked a couple of times recently about uh, every time i finish a video you know stay strong right?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm known for it. Um, it became, you know, whatever, whatever it is, my little call line or whatever. But yeah. people don't often understand what I'm saying when I say stay strong. And I think yeah. it has different meanings in every single video. I, I'm not, I'm not telling people to be hard. You know, that's right. not what stay strong means. You know, right. stay strong is to lean into that vulnerability, is to face that fear is to take time to reflect, to pause, to, and that's what it is. It's relevant yeah. to all situation. It's just not, it's not all in the masculine and it's not all that hard tone of brutality, of fight through, of don't stop, Force don't go that. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. type of thing. It's in my purpose statement, my purpose statement is to ignite your potential into meaningful action. Right. So I mean that well, sorry. That that's part of it. So it's to ignite yeah. people's potential into meaningful action so they can live a life of freedom, fulfillment, and gratitude. I love
1: that. But
0: it's it's to ignite people's potential into meaningful action, not just action. Right. We're very good at creating activity.
1: Oh, I was always busy.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah, one good. of those things where you go, you know, what is the most terrifying thing? Like people go, jumping out of the airplane is, is terrifying. Go swim with sharks is terrifying. I go, how about just sitting with yourself quietly for half, like a day?
1: With no distraction.
0: With no distraction. And just reflect. You go, people are like, I'll jump out of the airplane (laughs) instead.
1: Yeah, really, really, exactly. I want to face that. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's a lot of
1: people don't even know how to do that. I mean, we're in such a culture where distraction is everywhere. You know, from from the things that are that society frowns upon to the things that are distractions that are unhealthy that society enables and pushes and you know, all the way down to even work, workaholic, you know, there are all these things we do in excess, you know, end up being those distractions that keep us sometimes from, keep us strong and firm and powering through in that to-do list and, and all of those things. Yeah. Um, but what I realized it had done to me, it was it had made me being strong had actually made me emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Because, I had to just be tough. I had to be tough for my siblings. I had to be tough for my ex-husband. I had to be tough for my mother. And and when my dad passed, I had to be tough for him, you know? So it was like I had built this this armor around myself and I and I thought I was connecting with people. I thought I was emotionally available to people, but when I really stopped and looked at it, I was like, am I making I mean basic things and if my daughter's a good example, you know, when I really started going in deeper and deeper into healing a lot of these things, I noticed with her that I was listening to her. I had my to-do list of things. I still needed to get done my dishes and my laundry. And, you know, I was hearing her, she'd follow, she would follow me around and tell me about her day and all these things. But, but was I connecting with her, yeah. making eye contact with her really, processing what she's telling me and being available to her and, and, and holding space, true space for her to just be and and taking the time. I know these sound like things, every parent, it's our basic responsibility, but life can just get so hectic. and, And we do things so much to distract ourselves that it's easy to become, I think a lot of women are emotionally, I would a lot of people are emotional women are emotionally unavailable and don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, and with my daughter, I was noticing I looked back after this realization that, gosh, I love her. She loves me. We're in this together. We we're, we're, you look at us and we have a tight relationship, but, but really on the next level, I was not connecting with her. I was not fully emotionally available to her in a lot of ways. And that's a, probably a whole series of, of discussions for another day, but, you know, through dealing with my traumas and distracting them uh, and distracting myself from them. Um, I started noticing one of the things in therapy that I started noticing was dealing with things that triggered me Yeah, and really looking at, you know, setting up a trigger and then knocking it down. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I was triggered, I'd be like, trigger, what are you talking about? Come on. Like, let's just <laughs> keep going. But bringing it back to my daughter, not only was I recognizing after going through a lot of healing and stopping all the distractions and facing myself and fulfilling my own needs, then I realized, wait, I got to work on this connection with her. But then just take it a step further. I was noticing that back to that capacity point. When I started saying I need to have, you know, we had talked about it earlier, like I was realizing I had no more capacity for anything. And so when I started saying, how do I create more capacity? Anxiety was eating me up. Anxiety was like 75% of my capacity because it was taking so much energy to anticipate all the things and all the connections and stories I had made. You know, in my head about, am I going to lose my job if I don't go do that? Or is this friend going to be upset with me if I don't do that? You know, all these things that I was trying to keep, you know, in the air, you know, and just, it took a lot of mental work to just keep everything that I had signed up for in the way I was doing it kind of in the air. And then as I started, you know, plowing through that, what I was noticing is that my, my, as a mother of being a mother was contributing to that anxiety because I didn't want to mess her up. Yeah. You know, because I was so conscious through my own work of the way the implications of, of parenting on our children and the things, the relationship that we were were forming, I noticed was just like what everybody says there is, is mother daughter dynamics and, you know, arguing and having challenges. And I thought this is normal. Me and my mom, you know, we had these same things. But when I really started being emotionally available. And started recognizing these things that created, I call them anxiety, but just disruption within me, you know, feelings of disruption. I would notice it with her and I would write it down. You know, I'd say, I don't know why that upset me. You know, I would stop reacting, first of all. But then I would write it down and say, this is what she said to me. And this is how that made me feel. And I just, I to write him down, write him down, write him down. And I would just systemically then become more conscious of those things, the why behind my reaction. A lot of times it was my insecurity. I it was my that. insecurity in my own head about being a good mom. And then when she would say something that she didn't mean like that, but I was projecting my own insecurity into our relationship by lashing back out, that was a huge turning point for me. Not only parenting my daughter, but just I started evaluating those in every aspect of my life when people at work would do things that would just make me want to act outside of my character on the inside, you know, or friends or family members. And I realized there were things I needed to work on within my own view of myself and my own self-love that led to a lot of that. But also being strong sometimes means you're there for everybody all the time. Yeah. And so I'm not somebody that people would label codependent, but I was without a doubt happy to help and rescue. You know, I was I was I knew I was in a position to help and sort of be there for everybody. So I just did that. And I just I didn't say no to people. And I didn't even about small things about protecting gym time or, you know, anything like that. I realized that because I had not created boundaries in my life with people. I was constantly triggered because I was upset that they'd encroached a line that I had never told them existed.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Right? And you just start to build up resentment in these things because all of these things build on top of one another. I think it's really, it's, it's just really powerful to start unwinding your own conditioning and your own, the way you've internalized life and turn it into healing moments where you realize, Oh, this is what it feels like to operate from a calm, healthy place. Yeah. I would have thought I was already there when I was 30, when I was 35, you know, I thought I was there and probably in five years from now, I think, She thought she was there. (laughs) He wasn't there. So there's always more to learn. But based on my vantage point right now, I'm sure it's all happy that I've been through what I've been through to be able to unwind a lot of these things that were definitely keeping my capacity at less than it could be for my daughter, but mostly, you know, for me and my life and my own potential. It's been huge.
0: Yeah, beautiful. I've written down a few notes, so I'm going to circle back to these, but I I want to dig a little bit more into your story. 40 years old is and can be a confronting time for a woman.
1: Yes.
0: A lot of moving parts in a woman's life at the age of 40. And at the age of 40, you're separated from your husband. Can we explore, like, how did that come to be, right? Because it's massive, like, it's a big decision.
1: It was huge, yeah. Yeah, you want me to get in and go right in?
0: Yeah, go right in.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll be selective about what I share here because this of is course. our story. It's not just my story to tell. Um, my ex-husband and I are, are still very, very close friends. We do all our holidays together. We do late days with our daughter, and his. You know, he has a girlfriend, and, and she has a child. You know, we're very, we co-parent in a very healthy way. What I would say Beautiful. about where we got there is, you know, probably for a long time in our marriage, we lacked connection Yep. and we lacked intimacy. And some of that was because we got on the conveyor belt and we just started riding along. and It was like we were a team, you know, and it was almost like we were co-worker, you know, not not. We didn't view it that way, but the way we operated on our home was so natural and so easy that we just sort of started taking up the same space in our home together, but we weren't, and we laughed. And we, you know, a lot of people are like, gosh, I look at your marriage and, you know, so many women would would love someone who's as kind as him or who helps as much as him. And, and I agree, he's a great person, but we got married when we were kids yeah. and you don't know when you're 19 or 23, what what you're going to be attracted to as you get older, or, or even sometimes I think because we got married so young, our relationship was like a friendship. And we were both so happy to have found a safe place in each other at that, you know, at that age in our lives. And we, and we love and did love each other through thick and thin, you know, he knows I, if, if he's ever in a bad spot ever in life, I'm right there for him, just like I would be my brother or my sister. So our relationship then just became so friendly and we didn't work on the aspects of our relationship that were about connection and intimacy that it got so far gone that it was almost unnatural for us to figure out how to find ourselves back there. And so we were honest with each other about it. We could talk. Somewhat openly about it. But remember, I said I was emotionally unavailable. Yes. And I don't want to put this on him, but he had his own things. He's not someone to talk about his emotions or his feelings or what he's being challenged with or those types of things. And that's not a judgment on him. That's just, you know, kind of the dynamic of our relationship was sure. just sweep it under the rug. You know, right. we'll just, we like each other. You know, right. there's miserable married people. We like each other. We should. We should just be good with that. And, you know, I think we ultimately both realized that we would likely have to start over new to reclaim that aspect of ourselves that we needed in a relationship that we had become so sort of like family or like siblings or like friends that it just got to a point where that intimacy and connection just couldn't be couldn't be re rekindled there. So you know i think a lot of people are like ah who would who would walk away from their marriage you know for that you know it's all about this lifelong commitment to kind of being there for each other and choosing each other and we did we chose each other we chose each other for a long time after we knew you know because it was it's it was hard to let this person go you know this yeah. is my best friend in the world how do you
0: Oh, absolutely. That's.
1: And that.
0: Yeah. I I think it's so powerful. I think it's so powerful what you did for so many reasons. You know, I'm all about working things out in relationship, but at the same token, I'm all about truth. And ultimately, truth, you have to be truthful with yourself first. Yes. You know, yeah. and I think in your own description, you know, when you just described that and said, you know, you put him in the same basket, you know, no, I, he, I will be there for him as I would my brother or sister. I'm like, yep, that's a long way back, <laughs> you know, because it is a beautiful yeah. place and people can be beautiful people and people can be amazing and loving. Uh, but when you have got in relationships at 19, you don't know who you are. No, you know, you don't know who you are at 19 you don't know who you are at 29, right? Right. You're starting to pull the pieces together when you're 39. Right. Yeah. So very, very, very different individuals. And it's about recognizing that. And sometimes, so, you know, so often on this podcast or on my content, you know, I talk about walking away from relationship and it's walking away from abuse,
1: Right. It's I walking away it. from
0: all those sorts of things because that is front and centre and they are significant reasons why people can't walk away. They're going, I'm being physically abused, emotionally yeah. abused, sexually abused, intellectually abused. My yeah. time is being stolen. You know, every aspect of my being, I'm being emotionally, material, materialistically abused yeah. and we're trying to find reason. And here you are saying, no, 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 it was none of those things, but there was distance. Relationship. First, you have to be in relationship with you. You, you know, I I talk about selfishness and I go, people really, you know, have trouble with the word. And when we look at selfishness in its negative connotation, where we're looking at potentially someone else's harm for my gain and all those sorts of things, you're going, "But but you have to put you first. You have to, if you're in relationship and you're going, we're treading water, that's enough of a realisation because anything more is really robbing you of your own self-worth because you're going, "I'm, I'm content, I've got a beautiful companion, a wonderful friend, a great father to my child, but there's some missing gap in my life. And in order for me to find happiness and to be truly fulfilled, if you look at my purpose statement, you know, it's to ignite your potential into meaningful action so you can live a life of freedom. Well, you're not free when you live in that. No. Fulfillment. You're not fulfilled when you lack connection and intimacy with your partner.
1: Right.
0: You know, when you're just doing time, like we're awesome teammates You look after the left side, I look after the right side and we are absolutely awesome. It's like, that's not relationship. This is ideal for business.
1: Yes, right,
0: right. Great business transaction. You've got a head for detail. You're the creative, awesome, love it, right? In relationship, we need all those different connections. We need to be physically connected and attracted we need to be intellectually connected emotionally connected sexually connected right. you know these are all different aspects of that relationship the time component needs to be you know that share of time in all aspects of that relationship and when they're not there it takes so much power to come forward and deal with reality and then to come forward in your truth to speak your truth and go i love you you're incredible. You're like a brother to me. I'm really looking for a partner in my life. Yeah. Um, and to explore those options and have those open honest communications but then to move forward in your truth represent yourself and address it to deal with it. You know, one of the things that's the most difficult component of any separation is more often than not there's one person in particular, right, that had to do something that they didn't want to do.
1: Yes.
0: But you see yes. when you do the things that you know need to be done that you don't want to do that is that is the foundation of self-trust. Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> that is absolutely right. Was, and and that could, you know, we could go down six six different oh. paths with that we one. Could-
0: we could literally Amen. do a series.
1: On we could. That we could. Because yeah, but you know what? Oh, go ahead. No, go. Yeah. I was just gonna say because one of the things, even though I couldn't explain it this way at the point that I was making the decision with my ex-husband to get separated, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was it was the first time I was fighting for my own needs. Love it was it. the first time I was saying. I know from the outside in, this looks crazy. I know you talked about, you know, the, the women on your podcast um, have been, I mean, and that listen, have been through so much. And then they hear someone like me say, you had a decent guy and, you know, you, you, you let him go. Um, that, that was a lot to face. But I knew, I knew in my heart. That you said 40 was a turning point. You know, it wasn't so much about my age. I think it was having lost my parents and just realizing that life is just fleeting in general. And I knew that this aspect of my life, there was a gaping hole there with a need that really hadn't been met very much in my whole adult life. Yeah. And I thought, as hard as this is, as as difficult as this is for me, for him, for our child, it was a huge decision. But I felt so strongly and I said, I can't abandon myself on this one. I can't betray myself on this one. And that was, although it was the first time, it came full circle after the after the ending of my first relationship after my marriage, where I realized, wow, I wasn't just abandoning myself in my marriage. Yeah. I've been abandoning myself everywhere, and I yeah. want to know why. Yeah. I want to know why. Yeah. And here's this person who's in me that people are like she's brave she's confident she tastes rich she's conquering her career but i had some self-worth issues yeah that ran deep that I, that had been compensated for in all the other areas of my life where i' had been successful either on paper or optically but inside how i was really viewing my worth it was not even you know about insecurities as much as just what am I worth and what can I not demand, but what can I go for in life? What can I do? You know? And I, I had a lot of calibration to do there because after that relationship, after my marriage, where all of those things were tested, you know, I realized I betrayed myself all the time. Yeah. And much of the anxiety came from not trusting myself to do what I knew I needed to do to keep myself safe. Love it. Putting that safety in other people, putting that in other people's hands because I was needing some aspect of the love or the validation or the, whatever it was that they were giving me that I didn't realize I was lacking in myself. And I just thought that I was supposed to rely on other people for those things. And so I had a lot of areas of my life figured out, but that whole journey post-divorce has been the greatest journey in self-love and just truly not defining myself by any of these things that are out here in the world, money, relationships, status, looks, none of that. It's really about showing up for yourself every day and knowing that you can trust yourself to keep yourself I don't mean safe in a physical sense. I mean being willing to make decisions, even the really hard ones, when it is the absolute right or necessary thing to do. Um, that I'm
0: getting chills. I'm getting chills because it's so powerful, and I think your story is so incredible. And and here's why. You know, it it's so hard for people that have what seems to be great right to sift through that so it's one of those things you look at it and this is the power and to anyone that's listening this is the message i want to get across there is it doesn't matter what the situation is you have to be true to you first yes you know so we're looking here and you're going you're with a great human being it Marriage and relationship is not deciphering whether that person is great or not. It's companionship. It's relationship. Intimacy is a massive component of relationship. It's all of those moving parts. And you're going, it's at that level. You need, this is where self-worth is coming out. We talk to a lot of people that are being, that are living in narcissistic relationships. And you're going, no, we want you at this level. We don't, what you're tolerating there. This is why I say run i don't go let's run. talk about the moving parts you have given so much ground you have lost so much of yourself you have lost your own identity i'm saying run but we want to get you to the point where you can meet an incredible human being an incredible human being that's funny you know that's successful that that ticks all the boxes except the ones that really click with you, right, that really float your boat, that align to your purpose, and even that is enough. This is where we're trying to bring people's self-worth, but it often gets lost in translation when you then bring in sexual assault, physical assault, emotional abuse, narcissism, gaslighting. You're going, these subjects are so far from where you need to be. We want to bring you all the way to this level where you're going, no, when I'm I'm finding me, regardless, I make the right call. We don't get distracted by abuse or compliments because you can have someone come up and be the most loving person. No, no, no. You need to be true to you. I often talk about congruence, and it's a it's a character trait that most people don't understand the meaning of. You know, and what I'm talking about is doing the things you say you're going to do. You talk about boundaries and the, and and how you have to manage your boundaries. I, I truly believe most people don't understand what boundaries are. They don't understand what they look like. Um, they can't yeah. visualize it. I run a boundary management program and try and help people through that. But to simplify the management of boundaries. I bring it down to three key components. The first is self-worth. Absolutely. So you will not manage a boundary or even identify a boundary if you don't have self-worth. So where does self-worth start? Well, self-worth starts with being congruent to your word, right? And it builds. So we'll come back to self-worth. The second part is intuition. Intuition yeah feeling into taking that time asking your question right in fact you've thrown a few bombs but it's it's listening and knowing your intuition separating intuition from anxiety
1: anxiety oh that is a series of work all in of its you know all in in of, in of itself, itself. Oh, yeah, because this relationship I keep referring to after the, my marriage, you know, after my marriage ended, I don't know. If, I don't know if he's diagnosed narcissist or not. He has a lot of a lot. He had a lot of those traits. And that is ultimately what made me realize that all the, the things you just listed were all issues of mine, because I was I said this in one of my TikToks, I was so desperate for the one aspect of what he gave me that I couldn't figure out how to give myself or I couldn't give myself. And he did that aspect of what he had. So much of that, that I was like, it's okay. Like I can work, I can work through these things. I can go to therapy with him. I can, I can give him another chance. I can, I can rationalize in my mind why he made that bad decision or why he betrayed me or what, but but ultimately it wasn't until I realized, wow, like I have to figure out how to be whole all by myself or else I'm going to repeat this cycle over and over Absolutely. again. Absolutely. And that's the self-worth piece when I say yeah. whole, meaning trusting that I can give myself all the things I need emotionally. Yeah, obviously relationships, gives, but you know what I mean? Like yes. really fulfilling yourself because You know, when you talked about kind of breaking it down and boundaries being, you know, difficult, you know, my friends would be like, why do you keep the trauma bond? You know, it's like he betrayed me and then we tried to work it out. And then I was constantly anxious of, you know, then I no longer had trust in him because he had shown himself to be someone who was willing to, you know, needed to talk to lots of women, you know, all these things. And that obviously hurt my ego. Um, in addition to breaking my heart, but I was like, oh, this guy's been through things. You know, this was early on in our relationship. This isn't going to be a problem going forward. Um, but differentiating from that point on, anxiety, from intuition yeah. is what kept me in that trauma bond for so long because when Absolutely. someone gaslights you, so when you're anxious and you're you're saying, I want to work on this with this person and they've they've betrayed you. And you've got to figure out how to trust them again. If you're doing all the work, and this is what happens in these relationships is the one who is dealing with the repercussions of this toxic person is doing all the work to figure it out. I was scheduling therapy sessions, you know, I was doing all this stuff for the relationship. And then he would say, God, you're just let this go. You're just being paranoid. You're just, you're just making so much of this that isn't anything, you know, it's just. It yes. was constantly reinforcing that I was not, that I was sort of crazy to, yes. to be concerned or, or ask questions about like really obvious things that are like anybody would ask a question about that took where I was already myself where was already kind of where it was and then got into this relationship with him and he betrays me. So boom, you know, subconsciously my self-worth goes lower. Like what is up with me? You know, I'm in this marriage where I'm not connecting the way I need to. Then I get into this thing and the guy needs more, you know, he, you know, he has, needs an endless line of, you know, someone filling up his cup, you know, for what he needs. And then here I was like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's wrong? You know, what is wrong with me? That why can't question. I? Why can't I get Ugh. this right? Yep. Right. I, and I, I now I look at that and I'm like, Did I really feel feel that way today? But again, it was just you get hooked on this cycle of.
0: So here's a, here's a question for you. What was wrong with you?
1: I. What was wrong with me? It's a good question. I, mean, I reckon I, I've got
0: the answer, but you tell me what you think.
1: <laughs> yeah. I lacked self-love. I 100%. lacked.
0: You weren't in a relationship that? with you first.
1: Yes, that's absolutely right. And I think because I just got on the got on the conveyor belt, and was doing all the things and like, oh, everybody's telling me I'm great. I must be great. Yeah. And yeah. then when I was really put to the test, I betrayed myself.
0: Yes. Over so let's talk about point. Let's talk about point three of boundaries. So we yeah. talk about self-worth. We talk yeah. about intuition. Yeah. The third point. You you just addressed it. Integrity.
1: Yeah.
0: Integrity for you. Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, I was so worried about him cheating on me and I was just betraying myself every single day. I was abandoning my needs every single day. I was putting myself in a situation where from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, underneath the surface, I was constantly worried about how I was being fooled, how I was, but I thought it was my problem. Like, I just need to let this go. Yes. I just need to let, but it wasn't. It wasn't.
0: No, you know, a narcissist or even a person with narcissistic tendencies, depending on where they are on the spectrum, yeah. you know, effectively the way in which I see it, um, I was thinking about it when you said it, because, you know, we share, you know, business space, you know, wow. I look at it and go, imagine having a relatively large organization and you've got the shittiest employee that is the one that sneaks in the background, the one that Cheats the one that lies, the one that causes rifts, the one that causes problems, the one that's in the smokehouse shed, you know, yeah. spreading rumors and doing all that, right? And he inherits the business, and he's now sitting in the board board table, right? And he's known to sack people, yeah. So everyone's sitting there with their mouth shut while he goes and sprawl, right? You go. That's like having a discussion with a narcissist in a relationship because they think they have all this power. They will manipulate and coerce everything you say and spin it around so it is not them.
1: Never.
0: It's not his business decision that the business is now turning to shit. Right. Right? You look at it and you go, and, and it's then deflection.
1: Yeah.
0: How can I deflect and have someone with empathy contemplate that instead of it being me could it be you and when you say it with conviction yeah because once a narcissist thinks something it then becomes their reality so by the time they're saying it none of the tells are there that they're lying and manipulating because if you and I were to say it, we couldn't even, we would be looking up at the roof and down at our feet and yeah, we couldn't right. even like, execute uh-huh. it properly, right? Because we would have all the tells of that disgusting behaviour. Yeah. But you see, they don't have empathy. So they're not in tune to that emotion. So when they spit this garbage that then they believe, it comes across, even in their body language and everything like that, as a truth. Yeah. And that is what really confuses us because, you know, f- from birth, we start picking up on body language. Right. Right. You know, yeah. babies can see when we we've we got little babies and we smile at them and that, they start picking, oh, that's happy, that's smiling. You know, yeah, right. and as they get older and older and older, body language extends. Right. And an narc doesn't do any of that.
1: Yeah. A you, fascinating off. World. you know, that- but
0: that's that's what's so key about. Self-worth. So self-worth, first you have to trust yourself. You have to be congruent to your word. You need to listen to your intuition and be integral to your intuition so you can see the three key points, keep filtering through, and what it does is it empowers your level of self-trust. So the more that you come in tune to this, the more you start trusting yourself, the more you start speaking your truth. Now, speaking your truth doesn't mean that you're causing a fight. Speaking a truth is just being assertive. It's a collaborative approach, you know, in which we do with peaceful confidence. We speak our truth with peaceful confidence. Why? Because it's our truth. It just is. How are you feeling? If I said to you, are you hot or are you cold? You'd have no problem answering it, right? Right. But if I go, do you love me or do you not love me? When it's to the person you're in relationship with it's like oh shit right
1: right, do you like this
0: behavior? do you not like this oh crap here we go i don't want to cause a fight no you should answer it no different to if you're hot or if you are cold
1: yeah
0: that's simple you should be able to speak it without any level of guilt because it's your truth and the more that we do this the more we actually start understanding ourselves because we're now living it. Yeah. Which starts programming, you know, our subconscious mind, which programs our belief system, which is our action. Yeah. So then that person, not only do we now trust, we look at that person and go, you know what? I respect that woman. Yeah. And when you trust yourself and respect yourself, well that is your worth so then it's understanding value so if you look at the things that you value in life right and we can even do this exercise for a bit of fun um but if you if describe to me right someone that you would aspire to be like in just single word answers so for argument's sake you know we've been talking about truth so like truthfulness right just give me single word answers to describe someone that you just absolutely admire.
1: When it comes to truthfulness.
0: No, 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 no. Just whether it's truthfulness, love, compassion.
1: Oh, right. Oh. Describe
0: the person in your own words, in just single words, not in paragraphs.
1: Is this a relationship person? Like a
0: anyone? Just anyone that you think of that you would aspire to be like.
1: I would definitely say someone who's authentic. Yep. Candid. You know, I think that comes with candor too, right? I mean, I think yep. it's. I mean, I think it comes with, yeah, that whole line of just integrity, loyalty, candor. I know you said one word, but to me, that's a. It's about being real. Yep. Upfront, yep. truthful about things, yep. courageous enough to yep. to show up as who they are, whether that's good or bad, by whoever's standards, right? Yeah. Yeah. I me mean, to keep going? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think people who are loving yep. and kind, yep. I especially like, you know, what I, you, you were talking about at the end of your talks, what you say, like with my daughter, what I say to her is be kind, but don't take any shit today. You know, yeah. it's that balance of, again, it's about boundary. It's about her saying, hey, I can be nice. It's not unkind to hold my ground. Yeah. That's not unkind. And and I think in our society, a lot of times, you know, here in the States, especially, you know, I think women sometimes get, if you're not kind, then well, I should say if you stand your ground, then you are unkind in some way. Oh. You know, it, it's perceived yeah. as that. And it's like, no, that's exactly what you know, that's what it should be. But anyhow, I would say kind, loving, loyal. Um, I think people who take ownership of themselves and their behavior um, you know, is very important. Like you gave the example, you know, of a narc, you know, who everything is is about something else. You know, I do find in people that take ownership, they're generally emotionally intelligent. You know, so I would put that kind of all in the same line. You know, I think emotional intelligence is so important. And, And that's what I think is interesting about, you know, someone like me. You know, now realizing it, you know, here I am. Like, I don't need a man, I don't need a man for anything but the emotional connection intimacy part of it. And I don't mean yeah. that in a way to be dismissive of men, but but that makes you when you get to that place in life where you realize that and you whole within yourself, or the way you evaluate someone to come into your life is completely changed because Absolutely. I'm not dating because eventually I want to be sitting on someone's yacht. I don't care about yachts. So I'm not going out trying to just chase someone who I can, you know, who can take care of me, right? Yeah. That's that's not my life's mission. And so I recognize that I'm in a that gives me a, a great deal of privilege and advantage to have worked myself to a position where I don't have to but It's hard because so many of us lack that emotional awareness or that commitment to growth or that that uh, introspective aspect of ourselves. I think that's why people are always like, Amy, why are you? Why are you single? Why aren't you dating? And I think the truth is that the, the one, two, three things I need from someone in a relationship are very hard to find. In people. Not to mention I'm, you know, I'm in an age group where there are, I mean, it's not the pool's already pretty, pretty shallow, but you know what I'm saying. I think there's yeah. that aspect of that. But I did get us off of your your that's
0: that's completely fine. I think there. I think you expanded into it. So it's okay. So when we look at self-worth, you know, we have a look in this, go, what what is self-worth, right? It's worth and self.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
0: Well. Self worth is often governed by the actions of someone else or the words of someone else. So, if I get into the gym every single day, how does that affect your muscles? Not at all. Correct. Right. So, in other words, any action of mine has no impact on you. Right. Right. Doesn't affect your worth. Right. So if I do X, so if he goes and does this, that means I'm shit. Or if he goes and sees another girl, then I'm not worth it. And I know right. if the behavior of another human being does not affect that. So then we look yeah. at then we look at self worth. The self component again. When you look at self, you don't go. Jamie, Stephen, Mary, Bob, Tracy, Ma. No, it's self, right? Right. It's you. It's introspection, right? It's your worth. What do you value, right? I just looked at it. You value, you know, authenticity. You know, are you loaded with authenticity? right? Absolutely. I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10. Are you candid, right? You know, yes, you're a candid woman. It's something you value 10 out of 10, right? Do you have integrity?
1: Yes.
0: Right. You hold that, you value integrity, right? Mm -hmm. What about loyalty? Yes. Now, I think you've only recently learned loyalty, Interesting question, an interesting way I pose it, right? Because loyalty... loyalty to myself? Correct.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had right? none of that.
0: Loyalty is a double-edged sword. You can't go... So if I go, oh, I'm good to these people, but I'm really shitty to these people, am I a good person? It's like, oh, no. Like, you do shitty things. And it's yeah. like... You know, you have integrity. It's like, yeah, you have integrity for you, do you? Well, then you get lower points if you don't have integrity for you. So lift the integrity for you. But you already have. Loyalty, same thing. Be loyal to you. Courageous. You admire courage. You can tell in the actions that you've done. Courage is facing fear and shame and converting it to determination. Courageous is not doing, you know, me getting in a cage to fight someone. That's not right. courageous, right? But what's courageous to me, right? Like for me to speak my truth, that's not courage. I've right. mastered courage. So for me, it's just an everyday thing. But for yeah. someone that's never done it before to come forward in their truth, that's courage. So there's yeah. no question you're a courageous woman, you know, a loving woman. You can hear it. You, it, it, I don't even need to ask you, loving Kind is something there. You talked about basically you were talking about doing the things you're saying you're going to do. I wrote down congruence, and there's no doubt you do that. You value people with like taking ownership is integrity. You know, emotional intelligence is a whole host of things. The reality is you just went through and listed, you know, descriptions of character traits or the character trait itself, because that's what we recognize in people. Yeah. Right. And you go, yeah. And the other thing is, we've uncovered that the person I said to you describe someone that you admire, that you want to be like, and you happen to describe you like you're already there. And it's a process mm-hmm. of recognition because so mm-hmm. often we don't give ourselves that type of recognition because we're taught, you know, to. To be modest because anything other than modesty is unaccepted in this world and bullshit to that. There's understanding what modest is. I'm not going to rub in your face my achievements and pull it out of thing, but I promise you one thing, never again will I hide from it. If you cannot handle the person that I am and if I happen to be fucking skillful, then deal with it. Yeah. Or get the hell away from me because I don't need your energy Energy in my space. You're right. not someone that's going to empower me. You're someone that's going to drag me down. And no one will drag me down. Why? Because I have self-worth. I listen to my intuition. And my intuition says, get away from that level of um, negativity. And I've got integrity for me.
1: Yes.
0: Right? So right. you look yeah, at it. Right. And you look and you go, self-worth. We just did an exercise for you to go and picture the most incredible human being. Yeah, turned out that that's you, right? Way to go, self worth, right? And now it's about going. I do this with people all the time, and they're like, "Oh, hang on a minute." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're going to need some time to sit with that because it was a discovery journey, but it was a self discovery journey. These were Mm -hmm. your words, not my words. This is what you value, not what I value." necessarily uh, I happen to value very small thing but the point yeah. is these are things that you value I value that yeah and this is what it did this is where we are so without doubt you're an incredible human being
1: thank you thank you I appreciate that it's been a it's been an interesting journey this life but I'm very very happy to have gotten to this place and understand self-worth and, yeah. and have it and to be able to stand on my own two feet and be able to make decisions regardless of how those decisions make other people feel is, uh, is a good place to be.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think this is an awesome place to wrap it up. I think we could do a whole host of podcasts, dig into a whole good. host of different areas. So for now, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your truthful and courageous description of your life and sharing that with us and sharing that for everyone else to learn from your message is so powerful, um, and I am so grateful um, that you've shared this time with us. So thank you so much for your time.
1: You're very welcome, and thanks again for having me.
0: No problem at all. And to everyone out there, stay strong.